How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here. You already know what it is in the studio. Another hot episode, Hot Takes with TP3. Today is a Wednesday, G- July 18th, 2018. And I don't know about y'all, but I woke up out of a deep slumber at about 10 o'clock this morning to the big news. Kawhi Leonard is on the move. Finally, the Toronto Raptors have traded for Kawhi. I know I kind of said this on Twitter a couple days ago that I could see this trade going through, and I thought that I could see Kawhi in a Raptors uniform. Well, what I said would happen has come to happen. And I mean, we just got to talk straight here, guys. I mean, the Raptors get they get Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Um, we see Toronto sending in return to San Antonio, uh, Yaka Portal, a future first, and um, Demar Derozan. And this is all after they kind of told Derozan we're not going to trade you. So let's talk winners and losers to begin here with the trade. Um, you know, it's tough. I'd say for the future, I give the Spurs the winner of this deal, but for the now, I have to give the Raptors the victory in this trade. Um, I mean, they went out and acquired a piece that they really needed with Kawhi Leonard. I think they had to break the backcourt up after watching LeBron just annihilate them and, t- and tear them apart in the playoffs. You know, like they literally gave up. DeMar DeRozan didn't hit a single three-pointer. He basically quit in game four. I mean, it was awful for Toronto and it was bad for Toronto fans too. So I think that they got a decent return for DeMar DeRozan. Now, I don't think Kawhi is going to resign there, so that's why I think they're the winner for this year. I think this propels them deep into the uh, race here in the Western Conference, or in the Eastern Conference. I think it definitely makes them more of a contender than they were to begin with, and on the flip side of things are San Antonio. Yeah, it makes them a contender and stuff, but I mean, DeMar DeRozan is like a meaningless stats kind of guy. And, you know, he just doesn't really have the stats that feel, that like help your team win games. He's kind of like Blake Griffin or one of those guys. There's kind of meaningless stats to me. But overall, I mean, I just think DeMar DeRozan's a good player. He gets buckets. It's kind of weird how it's a three-point layup league now. And DeRozan's and uh, Kawhi Leonard are your two best players in San Antonio. And they're both pull-up two shooters. So I don't really think that helps you much if you're them. Um, you know, I just don't really like DeRozan's playing style in the system. He's not much of a defensive guy. That's what the Spurs like. I mean, they still have Greg Popovich, so I think this team's still in the playoffs for sure, but they definitely were better off with Kawhi rather than having uh, DeRozan in there. Obviously, they were going to lose him at the end of the season. They get a guy who's going to stick around for longer, so that's a good thing for them. They can always retrade DeRozan. He has value and stuff. I mean, it's really tough for me, though, to – say that the uh, Spurs are the winner overall of this trade, though. I mean, Kawhi's on a one-year deal there. We know he won't resign in Toronto. I saw multiple reports come out that said L.A. is 100% confident that DeRozan will resign, or not the DeRozan, that Kawhi will sign with them in the offseason. So, I mean, if Kawhi's out the door, you, you really get nothing in return here for Toronto, and you, it really makes your word look bad because you said you weren't going to trade your star player you kind of raised and brought up there in Toronto. So, it's definitely weird, but I mean, I like the way the Raptors team's going to look for this year with Lowry and DeRozan and running things for them. They got other guys like OG Anobi. I mean, I'm not really that high on him, but he's a good defensive player, an okay two-way player, really, really good defensive player, though definitely a prospect for sure moving forward. I mean, it definitely makes them a better player in this league, but like I said, I don't really think DeRozan fits very well in San Antonio's offense and scheme of doing things. They're more about defense, moving the ball and stuff. DeRozan's more of an isolation uh, pull-up two-shooter. He's a freak athlete, though, and can dunk the basketball, but I mean, his three-point shot's always been his Achilles heel. He's gotten it better and better every single season, but I still think that it's just not a good move for DeRozan there, and I think he will definitely struggle in San Antonio, but I think they'll end up getting rid of him at some point in time. I don't think he's there for long. I think they'll end up flipping him, but 
if you look at it this way for Toronto, you went all in for one season, so you pretty much have to get the championship. You're not going to be able to be, beat the, the Warriors the way it looks. I don't think you can beat the Celtics either, guys. The Celtics are a lot more stacked than them. The Celtics are the better team. I mean, I still think the Celtics and Philadelphia are both better than you in the East. I think it puts them down the third spot in the East. Um, I'll get into here in a few minutes and away the Eastern and Western Conference stand from here. That was what I was planning on doing today, but this trade kind of helped a lot. I was actually didn't know where to put the Spurs. I originally put the Spurs outside in that, but I'll get to that in a minute, how it affects them. But overall, I'm going to have to go, guys. I see, even though I said earlier on Twitter, like the Raptors are the for sure winners. They are for this upcoming season, but for the future, it has to be the Spurs just because that they actually get something that, they can, that they'll have in the future. I like, though, what the Raptors have done with this team by adding a three-point shooter and Danny Green and adding Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, the Raptors will be the winners of this trade this season, but the Spurs are the winners of the trade overall in the future. All right, guys. So while we're on the topic here of trades real quick before I transition into my next segment, um, I just want to talk about another rumor I saw service today of the Hawks possibly swapping Dennis Schroeder and Mello and then buying out Carmelo Anthony. I love the deal. I mean, we've seen guys. There's really no market out there for Dennis Schroeder. I mean, the Hawks have tried to trade him to multiple teams and nothing's really come of it. We know where all he wants to go. But like I said, it's not about what you want, Dennis. It's what we want. That's a pretty untradeable contract that we have given him and everything. Nobody wants to take that off our hands. So the way I look at things right now is the Hawks are going to have to deal out Schroeder here and bring in Mello and just buy him out. I mean, I'm fine with eating Mello's contract and everything is getting rid of him. I mean, we're in no position to win this year, so it really doesn't affect us long term. But getting Dennis off the books now is a bigger deal. I think he hurts Trey Young the longer he's on the roster. We have Jeremy Lin, too. So I really think he hurts the growth of that. I think he's a locker room problem. I think he's kind of a cancer to our team. So I think our best case scenario is get rid of Dennis Schroeder at all costs. And that's what it looks like we're going to do here if we end up making this trade i mean i'd love to see it go through guys we all know Melo will get bought out and go to houston if he gets if it happens we've said that houston's the most likely candidate to land him in a buyout so we'll see what happens here in the next couple days but i could definitely see Melo being the next on the move in this trade and i know the hawks have to get rid of dennis schrader so these two guys will be on the move very soon here and it makes sense for them both to get swapped all right guys so now let's let me give you my uh, eastern and western conference outlook for next season so to start things off i had before this trade went through this morning, so when I went to bed last night, my Eastern Conference was, at one, I have Boston. I mean, obviously, guys, they're the best team. They're the team to beat. They just they just went to the Eastern Conference Finals, had the best record in the East, and they literally just added back two All-Stars in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, the Celtics are extremely stacked, guys. I think it's a no-brainer here that they have the best record in the East with Brad Stevens and the rest of this team. I also saw that they're about to get this deal done with Marcus Smart, 40 to $60 million. Um, At number two, I still I have Philadelphia, and that's definitely not changing. I still have Philadelphia no matter what happened. I think they have a good young core they're building around. They really need Markel Fultz to end up being kind of that piece that they thought he would be. They got to get something out of him this season, and I really think Fultz will play a little bit more up to the hype. I mean, guys, he couldn't really shoot the ball at all, and he still put up good numbers when he came back from the injury. So I still like Fultz a lot as a prospect, and I really like the things he can do for this team. So. I have Philly at number two. I mean, Embiid, Simmons, J.J. Redick, that whole core, Saric. I mean, it's a good team they got there. Added Zaire Smith in that Heat 2021 pick. So I've got Philly as the number two team in the East. At number three, I originally had the Pacers, but I'm actually moving the Raptors from my five spot up to my three spot now that they added Kawhi Leonard. I think it gives them good defense. I think they added a little shooting with uh, Danny Green. I mean, this team was arguably the most complete roster in the East. And I mean, they got the number one seed. I 
I was shoot. I think I just said the Celtics had the number one seed, but I apologize. The Raptors actually had the number one seed. That's my bad. But the Raptors were the number one seed last year. They pretty much just swapped uh, Kawhi Leonard for or Demar Rosen and Kawhi Leonard and added Danny Green. So I mean, the Raptors got a lot better here, guys, as being the one seed last year. I think that they're going to be a two seed this year, even though they fired Dwayne Casey. They did a good job, brought in a new coach this year. I think that Toronto will be back this year in the East. And I think this will be one of their last good years with Kawhi. But like I said, Kawhi will depart after the season's over. So, I mean, Toronto's going to have a good team, guys. They're going to win some games. That's why I have them as the winner of the trade for this season because it makes them a surefire playoff team. Who knows what they could do and really mess things up. I could see them potentially getting that number two seed from Philly. But, it, I mean, I just keep watching these videos of Joel Embiid and how much more is developing. It just makes me keep them here at uh, – number two ahead of the Raptors. All right, at number three, I, or I mean, number four, I have the Pacers. I had them at number three before the trade went through. I really like um, what all they've done, adding Tyreek Evans. I mean, they've made some good offseason moves so far with all the players they've added. Um, I really love Victor Oladipo and the star he's turning into. I really look for Miles Turner to make a jump and be a lot better this season if he can stay healthy. Miles Turner's a good shot blocker. We saw the problems he gave the Cavs on the boards and everything. He can shoot the ball. He's versatile as a big man. I really think they got a good young courier they can keep building with in Indiana and you know I think they'll be kind of that defensive slow paced grinded out basketball team not exactly the most pretty basketball to watch but they will get after it and get down and play defense um at number five, I have Milwaukee, and I really think that they are the biggest team that can kind of shake things up in the Eastern Conference. If Giannis want, makes that run and wins MVP this season and becomes the best player in the league, like I really think he can make that jump, then I predict Giannis will keep them in the playoffs and he will get them to, I mean, I'm sorry, not keep them in the playoffs. I think he could get them to like a two or three seed. I really think Giannis is the biggest difference maker in the Eastern Conference. He can shake things up more than any other player that's in this conference, just with all the things that he can do and how versatile he is. I really think that they got to get rid of Bledsoe and get another guard in there that can shoot the ball a little bit more to pair along with Middleton. If Deacon Chinzo can develop quick, potentially they can move Bledsoe to the bench. I mean, Bledsoe has like a $15 million on one year left on that deal. So it's definitely a steep deal that would take a lot to move. But if <coughs> My bad, guys. But if they could get him off their books, then I would love to see what this team could do if they could add another shooter. So they are easily the most interesting team. You could fluctuate up and down. Love the add of Coach Bud. I think he's going to do great things there for Milwaukee like he did in Atlanta. He's a good system. He can plug a lot of these players in, get a lot more out of them. He's smart. You know, he's one of those really good next-level coaches in the NBA. So the Bucks are definitely in good shape here and could be the team to shake up my rankings. Number six, I have the Wizards with the addition of Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard still has some good, good years left in him. I think he can play well. I mean, we saw Thomas Sadoransky and what he did off the bench for the Wizards and step up when that John Wall went out. I mean, Wall and Beal guys are still really good. I think that they can get this six seed pretty easily in the East. I think they can give some problems to whoever they play as the three seed, whether it's Philly or Toronto or even Milwaukee. But I really don't think that they'll make it out of the first round. I just think that they still lack one more player. I mean, if Otto Porter Jr. could get some more shots or get into the mix a little bit more for them, they're paying an absurd amount of money. So, I mean, it really just depends on what they can do here with him. I still could see them trading Otto Porter Jr. for Kevin Love. The money matches up and it makes both teams younger. So I could see something like that happen. Right now, I have the Cavs at seven as long as they keep Kevin Love on their roster. 
with Kevin Love, I think Colin Sexton could potentially win Rookie of the Year. We've seen how he can score the basketball and get to the rack. I mean, this Cavs team is basically just without LeBron, throw Sexton in there. So I really think that this Cavs team can win some games for sure. I like the team that they, I like kind of their pieces they have with guy like Sexton in there and Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love's going to be their guy now. And like I told you guys, Kevin Love's no chump. He's no joke. Everyone sleeps on him because the media bumps him down and stuff. Watch for Kevin Love to absolutely ball out and have a great season this year. I still think he could be on the move. It just depends on what the Cavs want to do. They either need to suck or they need to be good because the Hawks own their 10th pick, own their pick that is, I mean, it's top 10 protected. So if they really, if they want to suck, then they're going to have to give up Kevin Love to ensure the Hawks don't get that pick. And then at number eight, I have the Bulls with adding Jabari Parker and bringing back Zach Levine. I really like the young pieces they have with Mark with Marketin and, um, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., who they added through the draft. I think this is a good young Bulls team. Don't forget about Bobby, Bobby Portis, too. I mean, I think they can shoot the ball, get to the rim. I think they've got a lot of guys who can do a lot of good things for them. They're young. I mean, Chris Dunn still got a lot of potential, so, I mean, don't count the Bulls out and sleep on them at all. I think they can slip in here to the Eastern Conference. I mean, there's definitely some Eastern Conference fringe playoff teams to talk about, but I just think the Bulls are the best out of all the Eastern Conference fringe playoff teams. Um, I mean, they just have they just have a lot of good young talent, and I think there's no better way to get that talent more experience. I mean, imagine if Jabari Parker is able to stay healthy. I mean, yeah, he's torn that knee up twice now, but I still think that Jabari Parker, if that he's able to just stay out there on the court and just keep doing what he can do, can at least be a solid rotation role. I mean, he can be a solid starter, rotation player, role player for them. I mean, he'll still put the numbers up. He can rebound the ball. He can shoot it from deep. Um, the Heat are another team kind of out the outside looking in. Same thing with the Pistons, as are the Hornets, as long as that they keep Kimball Walker on their roster. All three of those teams, I just really don't see any of them getting in the playoffs. I just think the Heat lack too much. I mean, the Heat haven't re-signed D. Wade yet, who I consider the best player on their team. Him and Hassan Whiteside, and Hassan Whiteside doesn't want to be there anymore. They don't really want him anymore. He played awful at the end of last season. So that's why I'm counting the Heat out right now. The Hornets, I think they're still going to move. Kimball Walker so that's why I've got them counted out and the Pistons do I just really don't like anything about the Pistons I don't like Reggie Jackson I feel like he's gotten worse every year ever since he had that one good year and I just feel like the Pistons roster just keeps getting worse and worse and worse so I look for that to keep happening and keep going down yeah they added Blake Griffin but Blake Griffin another empty stats guy guys another one of those so I mean the Pistons are either gonna be an eight seater out of it I don't really think they're gonna have an electric season they might get out to a hot start they do tend to do that but I promise you guys they will fade as the season goes on um up next let us hit on the eastern or the western conference here guys my western conference rankings have been real shaken up now the spurs are back in this thing i really don't know what team that i want to kick out of the playoffs right here so as my one seed i have the warriors i mean they added demarcus cousins i'm not really going to say much more about that guys the warriors added demarcus cousins so now they have an all-star starting five so i think it's over pretty much for the western conference so we'll see them come out of there at number two i have the houston rock so they did have, lose um, Trevor Ariza, but they got Michael Carter Williams. They still haven't re-signed Clint Capella, which really worries me right now. Um, I mean, they absolutely have to get Capella. I think they'll do whatever they can to get the deal done. They also got James Ennis, a guy who I said I thought would go there. Great 3 and D player. I think he can really do lots of good things for them. But as long as they keep Chris Paul on the court, even, even so, though, without Chris Paul, I think James Harden can lead them to playoffs no matter what in the Western Conferences. And I think they'll be, no matter what, they'll be a top-four seed just because James Harden and Capella are too good to get. I think they will get the Capella deal done. They know they have to. It's not rocket science. I'm not the only one who knows that. I promise you guys they will get this deal done. 
Um, is my three seed. I have the Utah Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to make a jump to be a top 10 to 15 player. He'll definitely be an NBA all-star this year. Guys, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, the things he can do, the things this Jazz team should they can do. Guys like Rigo Bear, Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio. I mean, all these, all these role players they have. This Jazz team just plays at great team basketball. Quinn Schneider's a great coach. I love the setup this team has. I mean, this is a really good young team, guys, and I look for them just to keep on getting better and better, and that's what they're going to do. Um, as my four seed here, I have the uh, I had the Pelicans. I I don't feel as good strongly about the Pelicans as I did earlier, but I'm still going to stick with it. I mean, I feel like these seeds right here are going to be pretty tough to predict. Anything can and will happen with them. I mean, we saw how scattered out the entire Western Conference it, it was last year. Basically, one pick separated them top to bottom. So I really don't know what's going to happen here at the Western Conference. But I've got the Pelicans at four. I think Anthony Davis is just like um, just like. Giannis where he is kind of like that MVP type player. He's going to try to make that MVP run with LeBron in LA now. So I really look for a guy like Anthony Davis to propel his team to the next level and take them to this four seed and kind of win MVP. I mean, don't sleep on Donovan Mitchell guys for MVP. I think that that's right. That right now is who honestly, I mean, y'all are going to hate me for saying this, but that's who I'm picking right now to win MVP is either Donovan Mitchell or possibly James Harden again, unless LeBron's really able to lead LA to like a two seed. I think that the, my front runners are Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. So right now, I'm going to actually give the nod to Donovan Mitchell. I think the Jazz are going to be really good next year, and I think he's going to be the main reason. But like I said, Anthony Davis could easily do something special here and win it. I really think it comes down to him, though. I mean, they did lose Boogie and Rondo, who are a big piece of their team. I don't like Alfred Payton at all. I think he's... He just can't shoot. He can't score the basketball. I mean, he can pass and rebound, but he can't score the basketball. He's not a threat to me. I don't like his game at all. Not an Alfred Payton fan, but at five, I have LeBron Lakers. I think they'll struggle. They're a young team with no playoff experience. They do have the best player in the world, which accounts for a lot. But like I said, guys, I mean, this team's got a lot of work to do, and I think that they will be in the playoffs. I think it's like a four or five seed. I don't see them being a one or two seed, but I think the Lakers will be in the playoffs, and I think they'll definitely make some noise. I mean, LeBron in the playoffs is a whole nother animal. That doesn't mean I think the Lakers will get bounced in the first round. I don't think that at all. I think they'll probably get the Western Conference Finals as a four, five, six, seven seed. So look for them to shake things up as my sixth seed. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I really like Westbrook and Paul George together. I know for a fact they're going to end up getting rid of Melo one way or another. So I think that all that being said and done, that as the sixth seed, the Thunder will have a good roster. And I mean, they'll definitely give some trouble to the Jazz in the first round. Maybe see if they can get that revenge. Westbrook's always hungry. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, guys. So I really look for the Thunder to make some noise here in the playoffs. At number seven, I have the Denver Nuggets adding Isaiah Thomas. They were already a fringe playoff team to me. I had them out of the actual playoff race before they added Isaiah Thomas and so I think adding him in there makes them a playoff team. They only keep getting better and better. This team's low-key kind of stacked, guys. Think about it. They got Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, uh, Nikola Jokic, I mean, Paul Millsap. What are we even saying, guys? They got so many stacked up players on this roster. I mean, Trey Lyles off the bench. This team is absolutely stacked. Do not sleep on the Nuggets at all. They're another team that could fluctuate throughout the Western Conference, and I look for Isaiah Thomas to play with a chip on his shoulder and take this team to the next level. I really think they could be higher than seven, but like I said, guys, this is just crapshoot right now, predicting what the Western Conference is going to look like. At number eight, I put the Minnesota Timberwolves. I just really 
really think that with all the talent they have on this roster, how could you not make the playoffs? I mean, when you got a young guy like Cat, I don't like Andrew Wiggins. He's another like DeRozan guys. He's another one of those uh, stat like meaningless stats guys who just kind of compiles stats, but they don't translate anything to winning or anything like that. Wiggins gets no rebounds or assists, only points, and they're just kind of coming ugly ways. I really am not a big fan of Wiggins at all, but I have the Timberwolves in here. I think Jimmy Butler and Cat are just too much for a team. I think they need to get rid of Thibodeau as well. How can you be this bad with all the talent you have? So I got the Timberwolves in there at eight. Uh, I do not have the Spurs in the playoffs. I think if their run comes to an end, like I said, I don't think DeRozan's going to pan out. Yeah, they almost made it without Kawhi, but losing Danny Green's a big piece, too, as a shooter, but we all know how Pop can find and put put players in. I would not count them out at all. Like I would not bet on them to not make the playoffs or anything, just because as long as you have Greg Popovich, anything's an option, which is why I feel like I'm torn, honestly, guys, not putting him in here. I mean, it's tough for me just to leave a team like the Spurs out of the playoffs, but I have to leave them out right now. I'm just not confident in them being able to get back in. And then also, I think there's other fringe playoff teams like the Suns who have lots of good young pieces, adding Trevor Ariza, Mikel Bridges, and De- um, who, DeAndre Ayton. I don't know how I drew a blank on his name. First freaking pick in the draft. But after that, the talent really drops off in the West. I mean, I think the Clippers still have a decent fringe playoff team, but it won't happen. The Blazers as well are a fringe playoff team. Guys, they were the three seed. I just really don't think they can make the playoffs again with this team. The Western Conference is so stacked up, and they only have two stars, and they really have nothing else after that. I mean, I hate to say it, guys. I love Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're two of my, they're in my top 10 favorite players in the league, both of them. Damian Lillard's probably my third favorite player in the league now that Trey, Hawks have Trey Young, but. I just can't put them in the in there. I just can't do it, guys. I just really don't have any confidence in them. I think that Damian Lillard could end up getting traded to the Lakers. That's one of my extremely hot takes for this next season, which you'll hear when we get closer to the season starting. But honestly, guys, today I'm kind of going to wrap up everything with the NBA. I got one more fire uh, red hot take for y'all about this upcoming NBA season, about the NBA in general, and then we will call it quits for the day. All right, guys. So this is a little theory I came up with right here on Around the Podcast Out With, and that's NBA organizations with stability can win and rebuild. I really think that you have to have stability throughout your organization to be able to rebuild and kind of stay good and everything. I mean, it all really goes back to scouting to me and when teams trade to make championship runs and stuff like that. And I mean, even having coaches that do the little things to win, I think all those things play big, big parts into it. Like you watch teams go all in at winning and stuff and it kind of just ruins their entire team. Look at the Nets, for example, the Nets traded all those picks away to the Celtics and completely destroyed and depleted their roster. I mean, that was absolutely stupid. We've seen it many other times in the past in the NBA where teams will build rosters just to win championships and trade and bring players in and pay big trunk contracts out to players just to win championships. I mean, look at the Cavs now with all the all the trades they've done and everything. I mean, they're going to have trouble rebuilding this team. They got to get rid of all these bad contracts. Nobody across the league wants any of these players. And so, I mean, look at the Kings even too. The Kings had a good team there for a while, but now they can't draft these players and rebuild and stuff because they don't have the scouting like these other organizations have. I mean, look at the Celtics, guys. They have stability throughout their organizations. They were able to flip their team when the time was right to bring in these pieces that help them rebuild their team in the future. And they have the scouting to help them scout out the right players and get all these players. Like, look at the Celtics. All their draft picks are valuable. I mean, look at Tatum. Look at Jalen Brown. Look at Simi Ojale, guys. Like, all those guys. I know they have another dude too who played some minutes last year on their team that plays their playoff team. Another one of those foreign guys who played with the summer league team too. I just can't think of his name. Like they have all these guys that they use and that they get production from that they can draft. Like they, there's never a guy on the Celtics that they don't get any kind of production from. I feel like they get the best from everybody. Even Kelly Olynyk, they got him a big contract from the Heat. Although I do kind of like um, Olynyk's game than the way he plays for the Heat. I think he does a lot of good things for them. I mean the Spurs guys are so stable with RC Buford and with Coach Pop. 
I mean, this team always, guys, they always get players, plug them in, and use them. I mean, Tony Parker and uh, Ginobili were both second-round, late-first-round picks. I mean, they do it with all the guys. Kawhi Leonard, they trade for him on draft night. Look at him, even though they just traded him out. The Spurs always do it. Tim Duncan, everybody. They build their teams through the draft with the right players, with the right pieces. I mean, even the 76ers have stability, guys. They trusted the process and wrote it out. They have the scouting, the player development, and everything. They know how to win championships. I mean, the Lakers, same thing. The Lakers, all these draft picks, I mean, they're taking guys like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., uh, Kyle Kuzma with really late first-round picks. I mean, look at all those guys. Great. Their their organizations are built great. I mean, even the Warriors are starting to look like that, too, with how they drafted Curry and Thompson and uh, Green with all those late draft picks, and they get production out of all theirs. I mean, the Warriors are one of those teams on that almost on that stability. I mean, I would even put the heat on there, honestly. I mean, they lost LeBron. Everybody departed, and they are still able to keep a winning squad together and everything. They draft Dwayne Wade. I mean, Beasley wasn't that bad. They, got, they went with the win now team when it was time and they still didn't completely have just combust and fall into nothing when the, the win now team was over a key player left from the win now team and just be stuck with it kind of like the Cavs and all these other teams are although the Cavs did get a good pick in Sexton and what is to me one of the most stacked NBA drafts I've ever seen I really think there's so many stars in this draft I think this is the most stat one of the most stacked drafts I've ever seen so it was big to have one of those top 15, 16, 17 picks in this draft, really. I really feel like there's 17 guys on the board in those first 17 picks. You can make big differences and big changes throughout any NBA franchise. So I just look at it as, guys, these these franchises with stability can rebuild and can win, and it makes me feel good about the Hawks. I know we haven't had stability and stuff in the past, but I think we finally have some stability and ability to build in our franchise with these uh, guys we brought in in Pierce and uh, Schlink. I really think they know what they're doing with this team, and I think that we'll be back guys so I don't think we got a lot to worry about here but like I'm saying guys it really comes down to how the organization is built if your team's going to be able to rebuild and get good I mean I'm not going to lie guys Minnesota is terrible with that I mean Minnesota took them years to rebuild a team and get in there think about all the bust first round picks they had Rubio, Johnny Flynn um, just to name some of, some of them I mean guys there's just so many I mean uh, Derek Williams even there's just so many high draft picks that didn't pan out for them and I think it goes into your just how your organization is built you got to build an organization strong all goes back to scouting and trading to make championship runs and just having coaches that do the little things to win so I really, really am a firm believer in all that stuff. It's all about how your organization's built. It doesn't matter what talent you have or anything. If you ha- you might be able to get lucky and get talent for a little while and build a championship team maybe for a couple years, but if your not organization's not built well, it might be 10, 15 years before your team's even halfway decent again, and who knows? They might never be good like that. And there's organizations in the NBA that have never been good and run stuff like that. It's no reason that LA and Boston and all them run it. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, they're the big market teams, but I mean, look at New York. New York's been awful as long as I can remember. There's, I mean, maybe when they had that mellow team, they were almost a championship contender, but let's be honest, they weren't beating the Miami Heat big three. Like, come on now. You can't honestly think they had a chance of beating them. So the way I look at it, guys, you have to be built organizationally strong or else you're not going to come back. I got him on the end of the rocks. The home and the ran with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin that's throwing my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch ain't keeping my house. Make sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the paps. Keep an army bitch my lap.